Okay, thank you. <clears throat> Can I be heard? Uh, this uh, microphone seems a little bit further away, but you can hear me, huh? Okay. Doesn't get any closer. Oh, okay. Thank you. Well, hello everyone. Uh, it's nice to see you again. Mm. Thank you all for coming. Well, we're back to our regular schedule for the year 2023 after we finished our well, year-end cheese and uh, relics exhibit. Mm. So I'm glad to have you all again. Um, let's see. So we've been away for quite a while, and uh, this uh, regular schedule means that these uh, sessions are designed to accommodate the timelines for people in Asia, uh, because um, primarily Asians have a lot of uh, good roots, Mahayana roots, doesn't matter who you are. Um, if you have some you live in Asia, whether you're white or yellow or different color, uh, you're considered Asian, okay? <laughs> Same thing here. Uh, we here in America, we have a timeline for America to accommodate Americans, that's tomorrow morning, our California time, mm. okay? So anyway, the point here is that uh, in order to cultivate, you need uh, good roots. There's no two ways about it. How do you create good roots? You create good roots by making offerings. And this is why in Mahayana, the first thing we teach our students, our followers, is to make offerings. The more offerings you make, the more what I like to teach is li, da, gong. You create great merit. You make great offerings. In time, if you look around yourselves, you have a lot of people. We've been doing this for quite a while now. We're branding it now as American Mahayana, American Chan, to differentiate ourselves from the Chinese Chan, which we're very grateful for. Well, the source or the origin or the fundamentals of our Chan Dharma in Chinese. However, Oh, I call it American, is because uh, the difference between American style versus the other styles is more like modern, in the sense that in America, where I came from, we don't talk, we must deliver. If we deliver, then everyone is happy. We don't deliver, the Americans here are unhappy. Uh, they complain, they whine and they demand, they ask for the money back, okay? Mm. So that's why we call American style. It's because mm, American means that we must deliver. So must you. We both deliver on both ends. You deliver on your part, do your part, and I must do my part. Uh, because the difference is that I need to stress this. I listen to my Chinese teacher's instructions as well as many Asian teacher's instructions. 
enlightened ones, mind you. And some I really like, I really admire, such as Great Master Shinoa, uh, Six Paychak, Bodhidharma, and so forth. Some I don't like at all. Uh, and and uh, so what, what makes us different? What makes us different is that I find uh, when I learn the Chinese Dharma is that um, if there's a lot of things that are unclear to me, uh, a lot of things that are implied in the Asian culture, which I'm not privy to, especially Chinese uh, culture and Korean culture and Vietnamese culture. I'm more from the Western educational system. I went to French high school, I went to college here in the U.S. Okay, so I'm, I'm always been more enamored with the Western civilization, Western culture and education than Asian. That's why I'm sort of like a hybrid. Uh, I may look Asian, but actually the inside is actually Western. Oh. So, so I find that the Chinese instructions are uh, somewhat mystical. Uh, they speak obliquely. They don't. They are not as direct as we are in America and the U.S., where uh, we are much more direct, much more blunt. Um, we don't beat around the bush, and that's what I find that uh, the Chinese uh, Chinese instructions are extremely profound. Uh, I don't understand most of it, but the ones I understand are more, um, are, um, still leave a lot to be, uh, still have a lot of uh, things that are parts that are unclear. So that's why, for example, on Friday nights like this in the U.S. time, Pacific times, uh, we uh, try to discuss uh, the uh, master, uh, the uh, Chinese patriarchs' uh, um, teachings, especially how they taught their disciples, their Chan dialogues, if you will. And this is why you, uh, this is where the quintessential certain teaching is transmitted, was transmitted. Mm. Unfortunately, my master, my Chinese master, Master Xinhua, uh, chose not to elaborate that much on the certain teaching for some reason. And I th I'm afraid that's because the listeners weren't ready. Hmm? Hmm. Such a certain teaching, you know, the, the good teachers, they don't waste time. Their objective, his is the same as mine, in the sense that when he opened his mouth, he's in order to help you cultivate, in order to help you improve, in order to transmit the knowledge to you. Okay? So he would not waste time talking about the certain teaching unless it falls, unless you, unless the listeners were able to receive it. And that's how I started as well, 15 years ago. I had to go through what he went through, or went through his uh, style of teaching. And then lo and behold, my disciples improved a lot because we spent a lot more time. This is one of our secrets. 
we are a lot more lax than the Chinese. The Chinese and the Koreans, uh, they don't mind grinding it out. They can sit and they grind it out day after day. The, the cheese is like a, a grind uh, fest where you grind uh, every day and on and on and on. And I did that in my master's Chinese style, uh, my master's temples as well. Mm, I didn't like it. I'm lazy, basically. Okay. Mm. And, and I, I find that uh, uh, the grinding works if you have no instructions. If you have no one to tell you, no one to guide you. However, the certain teaching is called certain because it's transmitted verbally to you, meaning a person, a teacher sees you and gives you the Dharma uh, and will help you make leaps, make improvements. Hmm. Certainly. Okay, you get uh, reach uh, small enlightenments of the big enlightenments, certainly. And that's why it's called certain teaching. So you see the difference between the Chinese style of grinding that you find nowadays in China, Chinese great Chinese temples, well-known temples, or Chinese style temples like Master Shenhua's temples nowadays, it's basically grinding. No instructions, no certain instructions because Maybe because the students are not ready for the certain teaching instructions, okay? Uh, but I myself found that I, my students at the level that they need to be transmitted the certain teaching, otherwise um, the regular, because the regular teaching is not good enough. Uh, the Chinese style that my master taught is not good enough, unfortunately, for my students. That's why we had to switch to certain teaching. But the secret here is that it doesn't matter what level you are, uh, we have actually quite a bit of um, videos and, and uh, audio tapes where I've been teaching Chan for quite a few years, and you can listen to them. The more you listen to them, the more, uh, this is the secret, the more quickly you improve. That's why I observed in many of my students. Uh, they may have come lately, uh, later than most of the senior disciples. However, they made giant leaps very, very quickly. And the common denominator among those people is that they listen to the Dharma. And the, the, if you have Mahayana roots, the more you listen to the Dharma, the quickly you improve. No two ways about it. That's why I observed. So if you listen a lot and you're not improving, it's because you don't have enough good roots. So practice giving more. Okay? There you go. That's Chan, if you will, in a nutshell. Plant your good roots and listen to a certain teaching, then no, you naturally improve. And all you have to do is look around you. There are plenty 
of practitioners who are, let me put it this way for you, much better than you. Be more humble. Hmm? Be humble. I may warn you. Because yesterday we have a very kind and compassionate um, supporter of the temple. He's been coming to help us uh, uh, treat some of the, our students, and he came. And I wanted him to transmit how much his knowledge about self-healing uh, to my disciples. And he came, and he's very kind. Uh, he's this family secrets, his professional secrets, who was willing to share with us. That he said I, he never shared with anyone before, including people in his family. He shared, okay, and uh, and uh, I was very grateful for that, uh, and. And uh, I'm also very grateful for, for my disciples for having such needs for me to be able to finally hear of how they heal themselves. These healers, when they help you with your illnesses, you, they take on your illnesses onto the bodies. Therefore, they have their means, their ways, their methodologies of releasing the karmas. Those the burden, so that they don't get sick that quickly, and uh, so uh, he came and he taught, he shared with us his, his family secrets. I'm, I'm very, very made me very happy. Um, at first, actually, the funny thing is I didn't dare. I wasn't planning on attending the session because I was afraid I might be accused of a monk trying to steal their dharma. You know. Uh, but actually, he asked to see me. So I said, oh, yeah, of course, I will make time for you. <laughs> uh, and so, so I listened. I participated for two, three hours, the whole, the whole session yesterday. And um, I was impressed by his kindness and how sincere he was in helping us, sharing his family secrets. But... As he talk and talk and talk and help a lot of people, I learned a lot, let me tell you. I really liked it. And he ventured into our Buddhist uh, arena. And, and, um, and uh, I listened. I, uh, you know how blunt I am. I can be sometimes. I said, you know, uh, uh, you don't know what you're talking about. Uh, this is, uh, this is a Buddhist uh, teaching that, um, I didn't put it this way, that you, your level is not high enough for you to be qualified to address these things. Which ones in particular? For example, he says, he talked about the, four, the ten drawings of Chan practices, where you have the boy looking for his buffalo, okay? Okay, and then go through the progression, and that symbolizes the progression of your Chan practices. Okay, and he started talking about that. I chuckle inside. I watch for a while, listen for a while patiently to see how my students would react to it. And after a while, I finally said, you know, you shouldn't be talking about this because you're not qualified. 
you don't understand this. You, you guys think you understand it intellectually at best, but, uh, but it's not the way you imagine. Hmm. So anyway, yeah, so we, we are um, in Chan, we talk about things that we see. Qi and Sing, see your nature. Things you, we see naturally with our nature, with our Buddha nature, with our wisdom. Once you see it, you don't talk about it. You don't brag about it. You don't try to sell it. You don't try to convince people. It's a very, very private thing. And it's only the people who try to explain the 10 drawings. All of them, let me tell you, are too low. Because it's not meant for you to, to explain to people that you understand the 10 drawings of the Chan practice. Okay? Uh, I personally feel uh, whoever drew the 10 drawings uh, are actually not a good use of their time. Why is that? Because the 10 drawings represent the progression of your Chan practice. So what is it basically? Uh, it's a map. Yes? It's a map. What does it have to do with you? Where are you? The Chan instructions are, the nature of Chan instructions are, is that the instructions are designed to help you individually, not meant to reveal to you my knowledge. Okay? My knowledge is mine, none of your business. It's useless to you. Okay? But as far as teaching Mahayana is concerned, I feel that what I know is not that important. What's more important is what you should know to improve, to become enlightened. That's the main thing. So if, even if I am a, my knowledge is as big as a dictionary, Buddhist dictionary, it's still useless to you. You only need, when you look, use a dictionary, you only need to look up things that you don't understand, yes? You don't need to understand the entire dictionary. So what, what am I doing? Drawing you 10 drawings of the entire Chan practice is totally useless to me. Agree or disagree? It's a show off. There's no need to show off. My real show off to me personally is someone tells me how I can improve. What I don't know that I should know. That's the most important to me. Whether you're enlightened or not, uh, wonderful, it's good for you. I just want to improve. Hmm? That's American style. You don't talk, deliver. Hmm? Just like I'm, I'm sick. Heal me. Don't tell me about cancers and you know the progression of cancer. Baloney, just fix it for me. Yes. All right. Questions or comments? That's American style for you. Hmm.
That's why you are very scary, because I would not want to come here to the temple because I'm afraid you're going to ask me, oh, oh, where am I? And how can I improve? Yes? Hint, hint. <laughs> you go to anyone who claims to be a great teacher and say, excuse me, what level am I? How can I improve? Anyone? Any questions? If not, let me go to the Chinese Master Wei Yang's uh, teachings. Is that okay? Instead of me babbling on, rambling on, nonsense. What happened? We, you know, we haven't talked for like three months. And you have no questions? Have you, doing any, have you been doing anything at all? Oh, well, okay, forget it. Sophia Gu. Hey, Master. Um, first of all, I wanted to thank you for the pre-free nine-day plaque for my grandma. My mom and I are really, really grateful that she will have a chance to go to the Pure Land. Um, she's a really good person. She just, I think she has really good roots because my grandma's mom actually prayed to Guanyin to get my grandma. But I for some see. reason, those roots didn't develop. So unclear to me. I'm very sorry. Somehow the sound is unclear. Can you hear, hear her clearly or not? Or is it here? Huh? Is it our speakers? Can we try again, Sophia, please? Huh? Oh, I, I just want to say that I'm very grateful to you, Master. I got that part already. Okay. <laughs> um, so I was saying that my grandma has really good roots, but I don't think they developed properly in her environment. Because my grandma, she, her mom prayed to Guan Ying to get my grandma. So she has really good roots. But for some reason, she's not very impressed with the state of the monks and temples in China at the moment. So she's not very taken by Buddhism. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what's your so question? I'm very grateful that oh, okay. she will get a chance to go to the Pure Land. Okay. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. And that's a Pure Land Amador. Pure Land Amador is that uh, the Chinese talk too much. Uh, if I, uh, my style is that uh, uh, Pure Land sounds like a nice place. Can I go and take a look? Okay, that's all. And then I decide. <laughs> all right, so um, that's the Chinese. I feel that they talk too much. They talk about, uh, they make promises and um, and they don't quite understand the process of rebirth themselves. Okay, uh, but uh, but uh, thank you for um, for trusting us and to take care of your grandma. Okay. Yeah, I was a question about um, reciting the Buddha's name. So at the moment, um, when I recite Amitabha, the sound kind of comes from. Outside and so inside now. 
And the problem is that the instructions for Chan is to focus on your Dantian. But it's what? Instruction of Chan? To focus on your Dantian. Dantian, yes. Um, but the problem is that I kind of always lose track of my body when the sound comes from outside. So I tend to focus on the Amitofo more. Hmm. Okay. Uh, where's your Dantian? Um, at the navel. At the navel. So you recite to your navel? Well, when I recite, the Dantian sort of is everywhere. Like if I focus on my Dantian first, and I recite Amitofo, and I focus on the sound, then it kind of feels like Dante is like way bigger because I can't feel my body anymore. Wow, that's impressive. When I first started too, I was taught to focus on a dandy and I couldn't find a dandy like most of you. Most of you could find a dandy and I couldn't find it. I said, what's the matter with me? <laughs> and but I uh, continue. Uh, but eventually, I understood what the Dantian was, and uh, that's uh, what really she described. The Dantian is actually everywhere. It's not the navel anymore. You see, okay. I think what happened in maybe your case as well is that I practiced by, I did practice by, uh, by starting with the, the navel area, and then once you get going, and then all of a sudden you realize the Dandian is not navel. Okay, like the Tao is like the initial instructions. The initial instruction for you to focus on the Dandian is for you to put your mind somewhere that's not in your brains up here. Where you know when you focus in this upper area in your head area, then then it's uh, uh, not as good uh, because it encourages your uh, encourages stimulates your thinking mind. Where you go down to your dandian, okay, to your navel, then it reduces your thinking uh, physically, and then eventually that instruction you keep on doing it then you discover where, what your Dandian really is. Okay, uh, for example, the uh, doctor yesterday doesn't know the Dandian yet because he hasn't followed the instructions of the Dandian to the extreme where you really discover the Dandian. And part of the progression that you realize Dandian is not the navel, but actually it's everywhere. Okay. Uh, so anyway, good for you. Continue. Okay. Thank you, Master. Okay. Good luck to you. I hope you become enlightened and come back and save us. Yes, Shannon. Hello there. Hi, Master. It's so good to see you. I've missed you. Ah, good to see you. Thank you. Where are you, where are you uh, uh, piping in from? I'm piping in from Ecuador. Ecuador. You look, you can tell from the nice chair behind her. Isn't that cool? It's, yeah. it's, a, it, it's a painted head, headboard. The headboard. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, it's different, different, different kind of architecture here. Wow. Look at that. They, it's like uh, you live in a palace. 
<laughs> it's it's nice. I'm glad we're here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm wondering what's my level and how can I improve? Forget it, kid. I ain't answering you. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> it was a test. Uh, you are entitled to ask the question, but I also reserve the right to answer when it's time. Oh my God, I'm yeah. that low. <laughs> uh, the point being that uh, you will be given instructions at the proper time, not before. Perfect. Okay, so you hang in there. Uh, it's uh, point number three today. Everything is a test. That's what my master taught me, okay? Meaning, eventually, you hang around long enough, you understand what that means. That means that you just hang in there. No matter what happens, you hang in there and hang in and hang in there, and all of a sudden, good things happen, okay? Either instructions come, or something happens, and so forth. Okay, so uh, it's a test of your patience. Just like we tell you to sit in full lotus when you first start out, it hurts like hell for many of us. Okay, and it's a test right there. If you quit, you'll never understand why. Hmm? Okay, so uh, you're doing fine. No no need to worry. Okay. All right, next. You have another question? Okay. No mas? Okay. We have half an hour, so let's go to the, uh, the uh, uh, Chan anecdote, if you will. Okay. 1.8. All were spoken by the demon. Yes? Okay. Our founder, Weishan, Master Weishan, asked his successor, Yang Shan, of the 42 sections of the Nirvana Sutra, the Nirvana Sutra is the Sutra of the perfect teaching. Hmm? And you see, notice right there, even though they practice Chan, they still are very knowledgeable about the Buddhist Sutra, the Buddhist uh, teaching. You can tell that back then, uh, Master Wei Shan was teaching, was lecturing about the Nirvana Sutras as well. They also investigate sutras, okay? That's part of the Chan practice, right there. Okay, as a tip for you. How many were spoken by the Buddha and how many were spoken by the demon? Next slide. Yang Chan said, all of them were spoken by the demon. Master Wei Shan said, From now on, no one 
can handle you. Well, we can go into this handle a little bit later. Yang Shan said, but right now, for this very lifetime, oh, where should I go? Where should I tread? Okay. What should I do? Master Wei Shan said, the most important for you, most important thing is for you to have the proper eye. There's no need to discuss where to tread. Okay. And that's the anecdote. Okay. Remember, this is the teachings inferred upon the two founders of the Weiyang lineage. Okay, so we're very, very grateful. We are very fortunate to be able to have a glimpse on how uh, the great teachers, uh, Master Wei Shan, trained his successor. Hmm. So, anyway, let's go back to the anecdote itself. Okay, and look. Um, so um, Master Wei Shan asked his disciple of the four sections of the Nirvana Sutra. Okay, again, Nirvana Sutra teaches about enlightenment, about Buddhahood. It's called the perfect teaching, meaning it's a complete Buddhist teaching. You study this sutra, it contains the ultimate teachings in Buddhism. Okay. Uh, in that sutra, there's 40 sections. I haven't read it yet, okay? But apparently they did. Mm. And so he asked, how many sections were spoken by the Buddha? How many were spoken by the demon? You see, shock treatment. Immediately, he says, there's 40 sections of the Nirvana Sutra. Nirvana Sutra was a, one of a sort of main um, sutras that were transmitted from India to China back then. It's a major, major, major sutra, a very important sutra. And it says, which, uh, uh, which part was spoken by the demon, you think? And Yang Shan said, all of them were spoken by the demon. See? The, so the shock treatment, uh, and that's how uh, he uh, responded to the shock treatment. Hmm? Can, you, can you imagine right there that you, uh, you are taught to be reverent and revere sutras before you open a sutra? What are you, are you Chinese people are taught to do? You put the sutra in your head, you know, you, okay, and you, before you open the sutras. Yes? Anyone? Huh? Chinese person? Do you do that? You're supposed to. You're Chinese, okay? You Taiwanese people do that? You liar, I never see you do it. Ugh, good Lord. You Korean people do that or not? You don't? <gasps> Sacrilegious. You're supposed to pick up the sutra. Put it up here. I mean, you bow to the sutra, bow to the Buddhas, and then before you open. 
as being reverent. And the, the part of, of that process is because if you read a sutra with a proper frame of mind, then you get more out of it. This is why it's not superstition. It's not simply a, a meaningless uh, gesture. It is to say, I'm going to concentrate, I'm being respectful of sutras, okay? And you open, then, then your mind is in a proper reception mode, okay? You get a lot more out of that session. Is it clear? So, so Yang Shan said, this is a Nirvana Sutra. This is one of the sacred sutras in Buddhism, okay? Uh, especially back then, is highly revered uh, and because people, the Chinese, uh, appreciated having sutras being transmitted from India to China. It's a real, real luxury to be able to read sutras. Back then, they didn't have a printing press, so everything is hand-copied, transcribed. Okay? So to be able to open the sutra and read, especially this particular Mahayana Sutra, the perfect teaching in Buddhism, is a tremendous, uh, tremendous uh, honor, privilege. And what did Yang Shang said? All things you're reading is, was spoken by the demon. Why? Why will he say that? Master old monk. Ai là Phật. Tại vì trong kinh Phật đó mình phải đọc tụng thì mình biết cái lý rồi theo cái lý đó làm thì tự biết còn chẳng qua là vọng tưởng là tất cả đều là vọng tưởng thôi cứ đúng lý quan sát bóp nhãn bất tư nghị trong kinh quan nghiêm có dạy cái đó Let's let the Vietnamese translate for themselves you have to fend for yourself I'm not gonna help Amitabha Master um, it is because uh, the Buddha Sutra, when we read it, we have to follow the uh, teaching the uh, teaching, and when you follow that, you yourself will know. And just like in the uh, Flower Adornment Sutra saying that uh, just contemplate in accord to this principle, then the Dharma will be inconceivable. This is master, and the Dharma eyes will be inconceivable. And that's my Master Wei Shan responds is that from now on, uh, no one can handle you. Okay? So that's Master Wei Shan. So Master Yang Shan says, it's all spoken by the demon. Wei Shan says, Wei Shan was not shocked. He says, no one can handle you now. I certify no one will handle you. I'm no longer worried about you. Nai, here, uh, means, uh, means uh, what does nai mean in Chinese? Chinese people help us out. Nai, what does nai mean? Have you ever wondered why is that the, 
the uh, Chinese teachers don't discuss these uh, Chan things at all. Hmm? Very rare for them to discuss it. Hmm. Nai, what does Nai mean? <clears throat> Chinese people, come on, come on, quickly, quickly. Don't be shy. Nai. You should have your Chinese dictionary open. Hmm? Too slow, Chinese too slow. I'm disappointed. Hmm? Come on, come on. Yes, Chihong. Uh, I looked up in the dictionary. When nai is a verb, it means deal with. The first meaning of uh, it as a verb is deal with. That's uh, why it is translated as no one can handle you. Then the second one is, uh, the second meaning of it as a verb is stand, standing, tolerate. This, uh, this is the meaning of uh, nai in, as a verb. It is also uh, how. It means how, what, but it's not a verb. Okay, very good. So it's a verb. Excellent. Okay. She has good grammar. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so nai here means exactly, it says handle you, meaning that, uh, that, um, uh, that uh, cannot deal with you, okay? And it also has another meaning, means that they can bear you, okay? Not just handle, uh, but also to bear, to tolerate, okay? So what does it mean? It means that, there's no one in this world, Master Wei Shan says, who can uh, handle you, meaning who can manipulate you, who can outsmart you, who can, who can do anything to you. Okay? So that comes from outside. You know how people of the world are. They want to... Uh, control you, yes? Anyone? You want to control your spouses, don't you? Your children? Your students? Hmm? You want to control others? You control freaks? Sounds familiar? That's you. Okay? Hmm. So, that no one can control Yang Shan. Okay? And when Yang Shan does something, they can't take it. So it's both ways. You see that? You cannot control Yang Shan, but Yang Shan, when Yang Shan, Great Master Yang Shan decides to do something to you, you can't, you can't take it. So it's both ways. You see that? He's, it's nothing you can do to him. However, if he decides to do something to you, you can't handle it. That's nice. Meaning that he is way above us. You can't tempt him with money. You can't tempt him with uh, whatever, food, clothing, fame, adoration. Okay? Uh, but when he decides to teach you, 
when he decides to harm you, he decides to help you, you be helped, whether you like it or not. He decides to punish you, you'll be punished, and no one can help you. Hmm? That's how powerful he is. So, Master Wei Shan says, you are unique. You are above the demons. Demons who try to come to try to manipulate you, pull your strings, they can't. They dare come to you, they cannot handle you. Is that clear? That's the kind of teaching Master Yang Shan was certified to be by Master Wei Shan. This is a certification. Is it clear? Right here on black and white. Master Yang Shan, Wei Shan says, Wow, you are something else. No demon can handle you. Why is it important? Because demons is what our opposition is made up of. We do all this. We develop wisdom in order to overcome the demons. What kind of demons? The worst ones are not from the outside. The worst ones are from inside of us. Yes. We have demons inside of us. Yes, you have, you are demon yourself. Okay? It's you. So no outside demons can handle Master Yang Shan. And actually Master Yang Shan internal demons are overwhelming can overwhelm you as well. So back then, at the time, think about it, at the time, the two masters, Master Wei Shan, Yang Shan, who are like this, no demon can handle them. You see how blessed the Chinese, the Chinese used to be. Think about it. They're so important that the Buddha had to send two Mahasattvas to come to China to teach them. Yes, Jihong. Master, I have a question. Uh, when at this state, uh, no outside demon can handle uh, Yang Shan, what happens to the internal demons inside him? The demon inside him speaks the sutras. <laughs> yes, you spy number one. Master, uh, you mentioned recently that uh, when even the eighth ground bodhisattva could be easily tricked by the demons. So, are you saying that at this point, 
Translation. Amitofo Master, this is the part that uh, Vimala Kuti said that he did not say anything. He's quiet. And part of it is uh, everything is fully spoken. And no. respond, no. Not true. Okay, anyone? Yes, in the back. Master, is this what he say he is, um, he's treat uh, Buddhas and demon the same, meaning that he's attained equal enlightenment? All the spoken demon, meaning that you call the Buddha or demon to me is the same. You see, Weisha, great, great master Weishan was trying to catch him. See, we all would have started out by saying, Oh, Buddha and Bodhisattvas are here to fight demons. Okay, I'm teaching you that. I'm teaching you mantra. I'm teaching you four, two hands and eyes so that you can fight demons. So you're stuck on that model. Okay, he said, I'm learning all this so I can handle demons. I can fight demons. I can, you know, I can, I can get them under control. That's your attachment. When you get to Yang Shan's level, he also started that way. He got to his level and said, oh, wait a minute. Actually, demons and Buddhas are one and the same. That's his level of wisdom. And that's why Master Wei Shan, ah, I'm so proud of you. You got it. Okay? Basically, to take it a step further, basically he says, you and I, are the same. Shh. That's why it's called Wei Yang. Wei is the same as Yang. Same level. Different approaches. Okay? So, you are stuck on demons. Master Yang Shang Wei Shang said, Buddha is demon, demon is Buddha. Is that clear? That's all it means. Uh, I don't want to go into it too much because we don't have a whole lot of time. Is that clear? And he says, that's why he says, hereafter no one can handle, meaning that 
demons cannot surpass you anymore because the demon inside of you is stronger than demons outside of, of you. Is that clear? The demons inside the Buddha are stronger than the demons outside of the Buddha. That's all. That's why the demons must submit or can be subdued by the Buddha because the Buddha's demon is stronger than the demons themselves. Is that clear? Yeah, Shang says, hey, hey, wait, 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 wait. Okay? Okay, thank you. Thank you for certifying me now. But where do I go from here? Where do I go from here? I want you to learn this. Someone said, where am I? How do I improve? Yes? No. The real thing is, where do I go from here? If you have wisdom, you say, what do I do now? Okay, now I have nothing else to do. Because you told me that my job is to fight, help people fight demons, okay? And demons can't handle me, so what do I do now? Where do I go? Okay? See? Very fast. He's not, he's, he's not dwelling on the past of what he has, resting on his laurels. Okay? I'm a demon, I'm strong a demon. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, let's go have a party. Okay? Let's uh, celebrate. Let's have a party. No. He says, now what? Please tell me, what do I do now? Huh? He says, the answer is, a few more minutes only, answer is, it's not, you look at the wrong things. It's not about what do you do, but how do you look at things? Make sure you have the proper views. That's fundamental. You practice Chan with the wrong objective. You practice Chan, say, I'm going to practice Chan so that I can become stronger and I can go to work and impose my will upon my co workers, my boss, my boss's boss, and boss's 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 boss. Okay? Then you have the wrong views. Then, if you have such wrong views, your Chan practice will amount to not much. Okay? Uh, so, do not think that Yang Shan didn't know. Yang Shan's question is, uh, what do I do now? Okay? Is for us. He says, yes, thank you, Master. I'm very grateful for your certification, okay? But I should not rest on my laurels. Please tell me what to do next. That's being grateful. That's being respectful to your teacher. And the teacher says, you don't have to pretend with me. Don't ask me about what you're going to do. I'm not buying into it, okay? What you should be thinking, what you should only, what for you, is about having the proper eyes, 
look at things properly. But he has a proper views already. That's why my claim is that this is a pretense, a pretend kind of thing. Master, what do I do now? A pretense, please teach me. And the master says, I'm not buying to your pretense. Okay? I know you have the proper views already. And therefore, whatever you do, it doesn't matter anymore. Whatever you do will come out right. That's the final certification. Whatever you want to do is fine with me. And that's why he is part of Yang, Shan, school of Chan. Because whatever he does is consistent with Master Wei Shan's intentions. So whatever Master Yang Shan formulated in terms of training, in terms of teaching, the Chan school okay, was in harmony, in, it was consistent with Master Wei Shan's intentions or plans for teaching Chan to the Chinese. It doesn't come across as certification, but this is actually certification that you are the best there is in Chan as Chan teachers, and therefore, whatever you do is fine with me. I trust you totally. And be very grateful. You should be proud of the fact that we are of that bloodline. We are lineage. It's a very proud lineage. See that? All right. Final question. One question. That's all you have time for. No questions? Okay. Thank you, everyone.